encouragement from God's word comes from from Philippians 2, um, verse 14 and 15, and then in reference to Psalm 2. So let's look at Philippians 2, 14 and 15, and then we'll look at Psalms 2. try to direct our thoughts towards something that encourages us in prayer. Philippians 2.14, do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Tells us how to be so that we might um, fulfill God's mission for us and that be a testimony for him that we might shine as bright lights, and we shine as lights in a crooked and twisted generation. We see that all around us, a a crooked and twisted generation. This is the phrase that um, brought me to Psalms 2, the crooked and twisted generation. Um, Psalm 2, so let's take a look at that psalm and... Let's see the encouragement we get in prayer through Psalm 2. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? Well, Philippians 2 says they're a crooked and twisted generation. Verse 2, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. It asks the question, have these people gone nuts? Are they out of their mind? I said, why do do the nations rage? The people plot. Notice what it says at the end of verse 2. They plot in vain. In other words, there's a lot of scheming going on, a lot of things, a lot of plans. And sometimes as Christians, we wonder, man, like I said, are these, have these people gone crazy? Are, 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 are they nuts? But then we also think, is their plan succeeding? It's gone so far. Is it succeeding? But it says they rage and they plot in vain. Keep that word in mind. God says it's in vain. Continue. The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast away their cords from us. So they have a unified rebellion against God. Now, we might not always see, we might see rebellion, but we see it in, in disju- uh, disju- dis- disjointed, I should say. Um, but keep in mind, it is unified through evil. All these different parts might not seem to be connected. You might have a group of people over here that seem to have no connection with what's going on over here. But there is a unity. They don't know how they're unified, but Satan is the one that's orchestrating all of this chaos and all these pieces together. And why does he do it? Uh, Verse 2 talks about it. They're setting themselves against. They are rebelling against God. I was, um, um, you know, when I teach um, children and um, 
the grades in, in school, I try to keep things simple, not because their understanding is simple, it's because I don't want them to forget simple truths. And so we talked about disobedience, talked about obedience first and, and then what disobedience is. <clears throat> obedience is doing what God says right away with the right attitude. Disobedience is doing as we please. It's really that simple. It's doing as we please. It doesn't always show itself as rebelling against God, but it's doing as we please is, in fact, rebelling against God. If I own a dog and I train him and I tell him to come and he decides to do as he pleases, he's going against what his master has said for him to do at this time. Or he goes in the corner and lays down and goes to sleep. Like, hey, now it's not the time for sleeping. I have called you. Come here. So doing as we please is, in fact, rebellion. And that's what these leaders of the earth have done. Verse 4, look at how God responds to this. And that's key for us as we pray. Because it's going to remind us that God is, in fact, in control. Remember in verse 1, he says, they plot and they uh, rage in vain. He who sits in the heavens laughs. So in God's response, let's see a couple things. First of all, he mocks. He mocks their vain attempts to escape his rule. People today want to call good evil and evil good. They want to call male female and female male and all of the, the, the phases in between that they want to imagine. Um, they, as they do this, God is mocking. We don't often uh, think positively of mocking, but there's a place for mocking. God did it. Jesus did it. The prophets did it. They, they are saying that God's rule is not going to govern them. And God says, who do you think you're kidding? Not only does he mock in verse 4 and 5, he speaks in his wrath. Then he will speak to them, verse 5, in his wrath. We always want to say, God, you know, is just loving, and he's just, he's just patient, and he's just passionate, and he's just um, forbearing. He's all those things, but he is God. And there's a time when his judgment comes. He speaks in his wrath. Notice the words wrath in verse 4, excuse me, verse 5 terrify and fury in verse 5. He will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury. Think about the word terrify. It's something that we use, you know, when kids are in a Halloween and going through the, uh, you know, the, the scary things. But this speaks of God being terrifying in his fury, in his fit of anger. Also notice in his response, so he mocks, he speaks in his wrath. He asserts his order and his authority. Verse 6, as for me, this is what God says, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. He asserts his authority. He has set his king on Zion. That's his son. He has given him authority over all the nations of the earth. Verse 8. Ask of me, he says, I will make the nations your heritage 
and the ends of the earth your possession. This is what he's saying to his son. What is God, why is it important for us to know this? God is saying, look, I laugh at those who, who think I am not in charge, that I'm not in authority, and that I will not rule. I have set my son to rule and to have all authority. Remember in the New Testament, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. We go and we speak Christ to others now. But this is the message of the gospel. We see it coming out in verse 12, and I'll get to it in a minute. <clears throat> um, verse 10, he warns and encourages. He says, now therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. We understand what serve means, you know, what rejoice. But when it says rejoice with trembling, think about that. What, what does that mean? Rejoice with a sense of awe. Never belittle or underestimate God's power and his awesomeness. We can rejoice because we're on the right side. But we, we, we're still in awe of, of that great power. There's something about power that, that really um, registers with us. You know, if we're seeing God's power displayed in, in, in nature, we hear the roar of a waterfall and, and the power that comes from that. We, we hear of, of, of the generators and electricity that's produced from that water coming down. We, we're in awe of that great power. When we explore the depths of the sea, we, we see um, a world that reminds us how big and how mighty and how great um, God is. When we see uh, storms and, and devastation as caused by that, we, we become amazed. And sometimes we just look at the scale of things and um, look at, um, what is it, the... Um, the um, the huge trees and the redwood trees in California, and they're big enough for you to walk through or even drive a, drive a truck through, and how tall and mighty they are just remind us of, of God's rule um, and his power over the earth. So it says tremble or rejoice with trembling. Um, but then he also says honor and respect. He says, verse 12, kiss the sun lest he be angry and you perish in the way. He's reminding us, God is reminding us that he is in control and he's given authority to his son, Jesus. And he's telling others, all others, to bow down to that authority to Jesus. That's encouraging for us in prayer tonight that we know God is still in control and that Jesus is the one that he has appointed to rule over all of his creation. He will, in fact, rule. We walk around today very humbly. Um, we're in attack all over. Um, uh, God's word is attacked. God's principles and standards are attacked. We are belittled for listening and believing and having faith in God. We're ridiculed for our stand against sin and our hope of righteousness and our hope of Christ coming. But God is reminding us he is in control and he will rule 
and his son is the authority and he will put things in his place and others better beware. Kiss the son lest he be angry and you perish in the way. It is Jesus who's disrespected now and belittled right now, but he is the one that is going to rule. So as we pray tonight, we're reminded of that. We're encouraged by that and we're strengthened by the fact that we, like we say in Acts, it's called the way. We're walking in the way. We're walking in the right path in the way of Christ. And he is, in fact, going to rule, regardless of who has um, won the vote to be uh, president of the United States, regardless of what's going on politically, regardless of what's going on economically, regardless of what's going on socially or what's going on physically and health-wise, God is in control and he will rule and his son is the ruling authority that he has appointed. Lest he be angry, you perish in his way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. That's us. We take refuge in this king who's going to take rule over all his creation. Let's rejoice. Let's pray in that, um, in that confidence. And let's um, um, be in our, our peace in the confidence of what God is doing. Good evening, saints. We're going to be continuing our meditation in the Gospel of John. And let's not forget that the Gospel of John is written so that we might believe. And so it explores what it means to believe. And it kind of surprises us with some of the answers. So when we get into John 6, most people focus on the beginning of the chapter. And you'll notice that if you have a red-letter Bible, it's almost the entire end that's red. But we'll, we'll look through it and see what we can do. We might skip around a bit because all of chapter 6 is one unit. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now the Passover, the feast of the Jews was at hand. Lifting up his eyes then and seeing a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are they to buy bread so that they, these people may eat? He said this to test them, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, Have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place. So the men sat down about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to those who were seated so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves that were left by those who had eaten. 
when the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, This indeed is the prophet who has come into the world. Perceiving then that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. When evening came, his disciples went down to the sea, got into a boat, and started across the sea to Capernaum. It was now dark, and Jesus had not yet come to them. The sea became rough because of a strong wind was blowing. When they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea, coming near the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. And they were glad to take him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. On the next day, the crowd remained on the other side of the sea, saw, and they saw that there had only been one boat there, and Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Skip down. So when this crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples, they themselves got into the boats and went to Capernaum seeking Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, they said, Rabbi, when did you come here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal. They said to him, What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, This is the works of God, that you believe in him who he sent. So they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate man in the wilderness, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gave you the true bread from heaven. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you have seen me, and yet you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. For I have come from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me, that I should lose nothing of all that he has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. So the Jews grumbled about him, because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How does he now say, I have come down from heaven? Jesus answered them, Do not grumble amongst yourselves. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent him draws him, and I will draw him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they will all be taught by God. Everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the Father except he who is from God. He has seen the Father. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness, and they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Jews disputed amongst themselves and said, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you will have no life in you. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is true fruit, 
and my blood is true drink. Whoever feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever feeds on me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven, not like the bread the fathers ate and died. Whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. When many of his disciples heard it, they said, This is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, Do you take offense at this? What if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh has no help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life, but there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who those were who did not believe and who it was who were betraying. And he said, This is why I told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted to him by the Father. After this, Many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked. So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed, and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus answered them, Did I not choose you to twelve? And yet, one of you is a devil. This is a hard chapter. It's hard because it wrestles with what true belief is. And when you look at it, we want to, and I've seen so many gospel songs focus on the bread given. And don't get me wrong, that's a wonderful miracle. But the bread was given, and what did they want to do? They wanted to immediately make a political leader because they were focused on their circumstances now. was it for them to ask him for a sign when they had just ate the loaves? 
that lets you know right there some people are in it for the entertainment there's lots of people that are going to come to the church and they're going to leave and some of you will be discouraged by their coming and going I have been discouraged by their coming and going some people have come to the church because they've stuck around for a while because it's the first place that they ever had real friendship where people are not trying to take something from them. They stick around for that, not for Jesus. Some people are here because their family is here. Some people are here because somebody actually cares about them. Oftentimes, we appear to lose way more than we want. 